How's it going? Welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, it's good to have you on here. You've been such a good participant in the live stream. It's great to meet you in person. Yeah, great to meet you too. I'm like, can we roll in some music and sound effects? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're on the show. <laughs> I feel like I'm on the Better Call Daddy show. I know, right? Yeah, I got to be consistent with the branding. Yeah, I always stay, have it in the background. Keep the brand on. Yep, I've got my my brand. I've got my cup already, my branded cup that I'll be sipping from periodically to stay hydrated. This is an hour long show, so we'll see. We'll see how we do. All right, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little jealous of your sound effect ability. Yeah, well, we can fight when you're ready. You can bring your game up. Or you can just keep the same stuff and lose. So it's, it's up so to funny. It totally reminds me of when I worked at Jerry Springer and like if the segment got boring, then they would go for the like go fight sound. That's right. You know that I actually uh, I went to school in Chicago and I got to see one Jerry Springer taping live. I do not remember who the guest was, but it had I'm sure it had to do with baby mama, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm that was sure. 90% of the story. So <laughs> yeah, it's like so classic. I was going through and just uh, cannibalizing all of your shows. And I got to say, like your your first show out the gate with Evan Carmichael, I was just like, so jealous. So yeah, I love him too. What's really interesting is I heard him interviewed on, I think Ryan Holtz's show. And I heard him say that he liked to be people's first guest. So I had actually interviewed like a bunch of others, but I hadn't aired anything yet. And so I was like, Hey, if you come on my show, I'll make you guest number one. And he totally went for that. (laughs) So cool. Yeah. For people that aren't listening to the show, Evan Carmichael is like one of the most influential YouTubers of all time. He's right up there with Mr. Beast, but he's more on the uh, entrepreneurship motivation. You almost can't even watch anything on YouTube. It's not motivational. That doesn't have Evan Carmichael coming up in the feed at some point or another, I would think. Yeah, I love his Instagram lives and I watch just a bunch of those. I'm still a fan of his. I'm still engaging with his content. Um, I love everything that he puts out there. He's he's right on point. And I feel like he genuinely tries to serve and he really tries to help people, which is cool. He absolutely does. That's what uh, what got me attracted to the type of content you have. And I've, like I said, I've been binge watching your better call daddy show. And I just love how you're such like a natural connector. And I've personally benefited already by several of your connections and introductions. I've recorded already another guest. I won't, uh, I won't say who I want to cut. I'll cut some of this out to leave the magic behind the scenes, but it's just so cool. Thank you for, you know, connecting me to so many people. I really do appreciate it. And I loved how on that last live, you called out Mark Raven to get on this. Yeah, I I had him on my show. I think Jake has had him on his show. And I just know that he talks a lot about lean. So I was like, that feels appropriate for him to check out your all's episode. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the EBFC show, the easier, better for construction podcast. I'm your host, Felipe Engineer Manriquez. This show is all about the business of construction. Today's episode is sponsored by Bosch Refine My Site is a cloud-based construction collaboration platform that applies lean principles to enable your entire team to plan, communicate, and execute in real time. It's the digital tool that works in tandem with your last planner system process and puts it all together in one simple collaborative ecosystem system. This easy-to-use platform is available in English, German, Spanish, Portuguese, and French and can be used on desktops, tablets, and mobile devices. According to Spencer Easton, Scheduling Manager at Oakland Construction, Refine My Site, in my opinion, is the best, leanest tool on the market for the last planet. Here's what our users have to say. We've looked at three other digital scheduling platforms and none compare to the straightforward approach RefineMySite takes. From milestone planning all the way down to daily tasks, this program gives every general contractor and their trade partners meaningful collaboration, accountability, and KPIs. Register today to try RefineMySite for free for 60 days. 
Today's show is also sponsored by the Lean Construction Institute. LCI is working to lead the building industry in transforming its practices and culture. Its vision is to create a healthy and thriving industry that delivers outstanding project outcomes every time for everyone. Check the show notes for more information. Now, to the show. Let's go. All right, so let's uh, <clears throat> let's clear it up. This is going to be a good, clean fight. Uh, we're both going to come out of our corners. Better call daddy coming out. Rena Friedman Watts. What a powerful name. Rena. Rena, I want to ask you lots of questions, but the first top of mind question is, when you introduce yourself to people, what do you tell them? That is a great question. So I usually say former reality TV show producer turned podcast producer, <laughs> mompreneur of four kids, 13 and under. Those are pretty much my two main roles. Yeah, I think the, the mompreneur is definitely a first on this show. So celebrate that. You're going to, it's not competition, but some of my guests are very competitive and it's be good for them to know that you're beating them right now with the mompreneurship. <laughs> I absolutely love that. That was so unexpected. And yeah, I was, uh, I was combing through some of the background information, getting ready for this episode. And I got to just call out like, You've been on TV or you've been part of helping TV and creating content for quite some time. And we're talking before the show got started about how you were working on the Jerry Springer show back in the day, which is pretty freaking cool. I grew up in Chicago. I'm a Chicago native and Jerry is a very, he was very much a part of the ethos in the time that I was going to college back in the early 2000s. And uh, it also, also on your website, it says that you like to read, I don't know if you do this for fun, but do you read uh, NPR Newswire stories for fun or for research? And <laughs> so I used to work for an NPR station in college and thought that I wanted to work in radio, actually. That's what got me to Chicago. So I worked for a station at Purdue. It was called WBAA. And I read the news and the weather there for two and a half years. And then... I drove up to Chicago and interviewed at WGN and didn't get the job. But while I was up there interviewing, I saw that Jerry Springer was looking for interns, literally like right across the courtyard. So I walked across from WGN to NBC Tower, got a hold of the intern coordinator and ended up starting there two weeks later. <laughs> so, so perfect. It's, uh, it's the rule they call the proximity to power. You've got to be at the right place at the right time. It definitely makes a huge difference, but I, I still, I love your, your LinkedIn call sign. Can you tell people what that is? My LinkedIn call sign? Yeah, that's, that's what I would call like your LinkedIn, like that little piece at the top where you can say whatever you want. Oh. And yeah. What you've written there. I'm, I'm going to call it like a call sign until I get the actual, I'm sure there's a label for it. I just don't know what it is, Rena. Do well, you now know? I'm going to call it that, but I say that I help entrepreneurs get seen because I feel like entrepreneurs are needing more exposure. And I think really the best way these days is to get on podcast and to network and to consider different possibilities. Like what's really interesting is I worked on this big podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job, um, the Kathy Heller show pre-pandemic. And she hired this, you know, very expensive coach <laughs> to help her with a course launch and this chick popped up in my feed last week on Instagram. Like if you put that little heart emoji for Valentine's day behind your story, then everybody else who did that, it like the people that you were connected to, then there was like a whole feed of that. Okay. And so that coach like popped up in my feed and I was like, Hmm, I'm no longer working for Kathy. She's no longer working for Kathy. Let's see what she's up to. So I literally just messaged her and it very, it felt very like serendipitous. And then turns out she's like looking to get on podcasts and she's looking for some marketing help. And literally like in less than a week, I just closed a new client and it was totally just from putting a heart behind a story on Instagram, <laughs> like reconnecting with somebody who we both had worked with or done business with and she has a mastermind coming up and she was like hey would you be interested in like maybe doing a swap like being a part of my mastermind and then you can like help me get on podcast I was like yeah like just being open to doing things that you're not currently doing but you like the people involved in what they're doing you know I've done a lot of that 
and I think you asked me for like stories of how I connected with change makers. So another thing is I worked for a financial firm in Chicago for about a year and a half. And I used to put on like lunch and learn events where they're like fancy steak dinners. And then you hear about life insurance products, right? Marketed them and picked out the venue and got the people to come. And I hired an event producer to help me put on one of those events. But what her niche really was, was like working with Gary Vee and like putting on entrepreneur events. So when I tried to hire her in the finance space, it like wasn't necessarily a good fit, right? Like getting those people was much different than the entrepreneurial crowd. So when I left that firm and she no longer worked with the guy, I was like, hey, like, I would love to team up with you. We worked well in the trenches. I didn't really like that guy. You didn't really like that guy. Like, what are you up to? Right. So she ends up hiring me on a Gary Vee event to help her book sponsors. And I had never done that, but she had like a list of potential people that she wanted as sponsors. I was like, just tell me who you want. I'll figure out what works, you know, like you get one, then you rinse, recycle, repeat, and then other people come on too. Right. So That's right. I ended up booking a couple sponsors, making my way to Toronto, seeing the whole media junket, meeting Gary V just from like networking and connecting yeah. with change makers. Yes. And a mutual dislike of somebody. Yes, that's the best. That's the best (laughs) way to connect with people. It doesn't have to be like a total fetch party, but hey, you don't like them. I don't like them either. Maybe we could, we should hang out, right? That's right. That's right. That's that's one of the things I'm going to (laughs) jump. I had a question ready for you for later. A lot of the people listening to this uh, show, Rena, are project managers that bless their hearts. They work way too hard for what they do. And, And my heart goes out to all the project managers listening to this aspiring project managers, recovering project managers and executives and people just working inside and outside, upside, sideways, all over the construction industry. But Rena's advice for networking that she just laid out is worth a second pass on because it is so critical. And I've been you know, in the business for over 20 years, Rena, and I've often told people that I mentor the most powerful thing that I ever did was to network outside of my little project circle and to go bigger. And you just gave me two awesome stories. And I want to push you one more time onto this networking thing, because I think so many people listening, regardless of what type of job they're in, this is something that's so critical and it's going to sound better coming from you than from me. (laughs) So what would you, uh, what would you say is the importance of networking for first for new people, newer to a job or a team, versus even experienced people. Cause some experienced people get kind of entrenched Rena, and they don't, uh, you know, spread their wings and they, they kind of just uh, get comfortable. What do you, you can go either way first to, for your advice on why network is important. And, uh, you're basically making a living out of it. I mean, I just want to just tell audience, yeah, this is what she does. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, after interviewing 200 people, I literally have people reaching out to me saying, I love some of the guests that you've had, can you make intros? I'm like, yeah, I charge for that. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And then not only do I charge for that, but you know, you have to have like a product that I want to put my name on and align with. Right. So like you need to have a mic, you need to have a headshot, you need to have some bragging rights, like some cool things that you've done. Right. You can't. And when you ask me even what continuous improvement is. So for me, I think continuous improvement, less is more. Mm. And let me explain that. Like a lot of people think that like, if somebody's, you know, um, been interviewed a bunch that they need to listen to like every single interview that that person has done. Right. And look, I think listen to a couple of them, but like, you don't want to overwhelm yourself with like too much information, right? Right. Like kind of get to know them and then kind of like, be willing to listen to them and be a good listener, like in conversation. So some of that can unfold naturally. Absolutely. Like we have, uh, and I said, I mean, people who've been on my show, they know that there, there are questions that get floated out there, but what you don't know if, unless you've been on the show, as I say, these are the questions that I might ask because I'm leaving space. Just like Rena said, leave some opportunity for what could come out there. And if you come at it with, absolute curiosity, then you're going to connect much better. And you'd be surprised at what type of opportunities come your way. But Rena, I want to, I want to push back and and think about a newer person, a younger person 
that's coming into the workforce now. And we still have got uh, the pandemic. So we got people connecting virtually more now than ever. Like you and I did when you came to my actual live stream called Change Makers, which is quite ironic that it's in your LinkedIn call sign. Until we get a different LinkedIn, if you're listening, tell me what that first header is called. I think it's call sign. I mean, we're is gonna, it a byline? Yeah. <laughs> is it uh, is that is that radio appropriate? Rena, you've been on radio. Is that like your your radio letters? <laughs> right. Is that is your your call letters? Yeah, like uh, W K P kpre or whatever like what was that uh cincinnati that old show WKRP i know what you're talking about but i don't remember what the yeah. call letters were yeah what comes to mind is like i have had a couple of interns like and i pretty much asked them like what do you love doing like if you could do yeah. anything social media wise like what is your jam what do you want to get better at and then here's what I need help with. Are you interested in any of those things? Like, I think internships are so important. I mean, and, and don't wait until you're getting ready to graduate to do one. Like, oh my God, I worked for a news station in college and a radio station at the same time. And like, I figured out that I was actually more comfortable in radio versus being in front of the camera. Um, yeah. It has actually taken me a very long time to put myself out there. I have worked behind the scenes of others for about 20 years. And that is another thing. You know, my husband does this really well. Like, look, he loves his job. He loves the company that he works for, but he has other interests. He listens to a lot of podcasts. He listens to a lot of experts and he networks. Like if, if he reads a book or if he listened to, listens to a podcast, like I've taught him, I'm like, find those people. You would <laughs> yes. be surprised like how easy it is to connect with them, especially now. Oh my God. I have people sending me books all the time. I have people pitching me to be on my podcast all the time and I'll consider it. I'm like, how did you find me? I'm like, what's your daddy's story? You know what I mean? <laughs> be I was, open. Yeah. I was going to tell you, Rena, that, uh, in preparation for today's interview, I did call my daddy this morning. <laughs> I did. love it. I love yeah. it. What's your relationship yeah. like? It's actually really positive. Like, uh, my dad is, you know, he's very driven. He's retired now, but he's still, he's still out there like a boss, like working in the nonprofit space for fun. Cause he just can't help himself. And, uh, yeah. like, I, I think I heard on the show you had with Mark Rabin, he was giving you some backstory on William Edwards Deming and Jake Carroll. And I always go back and forth about, uh, how much do I love Deming? And it's quite a lot, Jake. It's quite a lot as you, as he knows, <laughs> And, uh, you know, he had, uh, he worked for a long time and, and Deming was attributed that quote about, uh, data and trusting. And that was one of the cool things. My dad was not in, in data. He actually worked in, uh, he came up in the factories, worked in as an auto worker for a long time before switching careers and getting more into the nonprofit space, particularly in uh, youth soccer and amateur soccer in Chicago arena. Oh, cool. Did I you know. play soccer? I, I only played the obligatory two seasons, but my dad was such a huge fan. I could not play or be a fan. That was part of my rebellion. And as, as a youth, Rena, you know, you don't always listen to your parents. Like you have a good relationship with your dad. I can tell. And he's an awesome podcast co-host. You should tell him Thank I said you. so. Yeah. Tell him I said so. I, I will. Like it, just, it just comes on like just spitting like knowledge, like just no holds back. <laughs> It's, oh, it's I love so, some of the things yeah. that he says. Yeah, sometimes uh, he gets the explicit rating. <laughs> yeah, he does. He just can't, like, I remember one of the shows that he had, he just comes out like, well, these are the top three things. And, like, he, and like, I think he even surprised you. And you're like, well. And so it's cool, though. It's good. I like strong opinions, especially and oh, yeah. in, uh, in experienced people, is something that I cherish. So that's that's cool. Megawatt Productions. And that is a super cool URL that you've got there. And the, what a powerful last name. You know that that, that is power. And I, I, I did study electrical engineering as a child. Like Mark's dad was electrical engineer. It wasn't me because I, I think Mark's actually older than me. So <laughs> no relation, though my last name is Engineer Rena. I saw yeah. that on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah, and you know that. Yeah, that's actually true. But I wanted to ask you on the Megawatts Productions, what is like the main type of calls that you get or engagements, you know, through that area in your production focused way? Cause you said you've been serving people for 20 years in this space. 
You know, I want to tell you just a little story of how like megawatts came to be. It's so do, crazy. Do tell. Yeah, there was um, when me and my husband first got married and we were living in Palo Alto, there was a friend of mine who was a teacher in the community and she was going to do a class on happiness and how to look at the brighter side of life. And she was like, hey, Rena, she was like, can you make me a video like a man on the street of what people think happiness is? I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. So literally I was like, I don't know, like seven months pregnant or something. And I was taking an editing course like at community <laughs> college because I had worked as, as like a post-production supervisor on Nanny 911, but I supervised the voiceovers. I manage the editors, but I didn't actually like truthfully even know how to push the buttons. I just kind of like filled in the gaps of like where I was needed. I knew what the deliverables were. And I was more of like, uh, you know, a coordinator of all of the elements. You were like a project manager. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I I loved that all the editors would call me into their bay and they'd be like, Hey, I need a second pair of eyes. Can I've looked at this cut like so many times. Can you please just tell me what you see? And so I started like really actually enjoying the editing process after working on the show for three seasons. So when I got pregnant with my first kid, I went back to community college and took a couple classes of final cut pro. So anyways, I decided to do a man on the street with my husband and walk through San Francisco and like literally just go to people on the street and be like, can you tell me where to find happiness? (laughs) Yeah. It was so crazy. Like I went up to homeless people and a Mormon and, you know, a religious Jew and like people from all walks of life. And I compiled this really fun video, which I should totally send you. It's hysterical. You should totally send it to me. (laughs) I should like definitely like, cause it's so long ago, like show you what that used to look like. Um, and I gave it to her and she was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, this is so engaging. And then I ended up like, you know, sharing it with um, a nonprofit in town and they ended up using it. And it was just a really fun video. And then after that, people were like, hey, can you do like my baby naming? Can you do like my bar mitzvah? And I was like, I'm in business. I was like, you know, this is crazy. So I started actually even just doing it for people as gifts. But then they like started offering me money. They were like, okay, we feel guilty. Like you doing all of this creative work and like not paying you. So that's what started it. That's beautiful. And you know, that's like, I was on LinkedIn, I LinkedIn live this morning as a, as not as like on the screen, but it's just a participant and somebody in the audience chimed in on one of the questions. And they said, if you can figure out how to do what you love and then get paid for it, then you're going to be happy. And you just like bringing that full circle with the happiness, just coincidentally, Rena, I'm actually part of a uh, documentary called the secret of happiness that's filming now. And, uh, we've what? Got, yeah, what a, what a coincidence, right? Are you kidding? I am not How did kidding. that happen? That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> it happened because of the podcasting that I do. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's it's amazing. A, it's a long story, but we'll have to save it for not, this is your, this is your show. But uh, one of the cool things that you were hitting on, like the when you ask people happiness, because we've interviewed a bunch of people for the documentary as well, including people in California that study happiness and and even uh, some people at Harvard and some other big schools that have that have classes like for people listening, like it's worth saying that you can actually go to college and take a course in happiness. A lot of people don't know that check, talk to your kids and check out what kind of courses are available to them today that uh, when we were going to school arena, were not available. Like there were no happiness courses, right? Yeah, that is really cool. I mean, I'll have to tell you some of my favorite answers. Can I be explicit? Yes, you can. Yeah. I mean, some guy was like, happiness is sex. I was like, wait, what? Like total man on the street. Like, I mean, he was keeping it real. Like some dirty old man. And then I ran into just completely randomly, like this lady was like, happiness is singing. And she like burst into opera in the middle of downtown San Francisco and had this amazing voice. I was like, this is so crazy. And then somebody else who was homeless, he was like, happiness is a really like fat, juicy cheeseburger. Mm. And then happiness is making other people happy. I saw a clown like give a balloon to somebody and he was like, yeah, so that was really cool. I just, I met like so many amazing people in doing that completely random and unplanned. I think too, cause I was pregnant that I was just much more like approachable. Another yeah. thing I did crazy when I was pregnant is, and I got this job off of Craigslist. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even know Craigslist had job offers. Yeah. Back in the like, day, there was like a TV yeah. film section. And like when my kids were in preschool, I, I worked for court TV for like four or five seasons, just combing through small claims cases and finding the juicy ones and like sending it back to the producers in LA just to kind of keep my foot in the door. So I did that for judge Alex for four seasons. I did it for divorce court. Yeah. So that's what I was going to tell you. <laughs> yes. Two months 
after I had my second kid, my daughter, I strapped her in a Bjorn. I went to the courthouse and I was passing out flyers for divorce court. People are like, are you divorced? I'm like, well, no, but if I would have married my first fiance, I would have been, you know, like, but I mean, people are, it's just, it's so crazy. Like all of the just random opportunities that I have tried and how all of these things have stacked up on themselves to what I'm doing now with Megawatts production. So I, won an Instagram contest. Here's another. Oh, like, this is on. This sounds good. I'll get ready to give you prizes for this one. Yeah. But, but let me, before, before you go into that arena, I think it's worth noting that you have this habit of excellence where Aww. you, you set yourself up and no, you really do like every story and even all the interactions that, and I've only known you through like text messages on LinkedIn up to, up to this point, which is incredible, but I knew right away that you were cool. Oh, like, too cool. But uh, I just want to tell you, like, I can tell you have a good, very good foundation of habits. And that's why I think your life is so amazing. And I want to keep learning more. So I'm going to shut up now. Go ahead. That's so sweet of you. Yeah. So I won this contest. It was like, it was like in an Instagram story or something. And, you know, if you share it and then tag three people, this is a very common tactic, you know, to grow a couple accounts. So I think you won like a free wax job at like the salon and spa. And I was like, oh my God, I plucked my eyebrows to death in college. Like, I don't need you to take off anymore, but could you like give me some free eyelashes? Like the, the fake eyelashes yeah. instead, right? So she went for it and I was really excited. It was my first pair of like fake eyelashes. And this is totally a thing. Like women are yeah. all doing these fake eyelashes now. It's true. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, I was like, I totally can't do that to myself. That was really fun. And then I paid for a makeover because I was like, I have these fancy eyelashes now. I might as well like do the full face, right? So <laughs> made friends with the owner of the salon and spa. And I shared the entire makeover in my story. From that, she got four new clients of like people that were like friends with me. She was like, okay. She was like, how about whenever you want a makeover, as long as you share the stuff in your story, I will give you free makeovers for showing like before and afters on your social media. Cause obviously you have a following and I just got like morning clients from this. It's <laughs> like, okay, cool. That's like an awesome trade, right? <laughs> that is awesome trade. That's worth a point. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So I become friends with her. Then I get into talks with her husband who has like a production company in the back of the salon and spa where he does like video editing and video shoots. And I tell him about like my former life of working in reality TV. So it turns out like, right as the pandemic was starting, he was a camera guy on putting together a healthcare podcast. And he was like, look, if you're looking for somebody who can like book you guests, supervise the camera shoot, manage the web team and put all of this together, you should totally hire Rena. So from winning this Instagram contest wow. and networking with her husband, I end up working on this healthcare podcast for an entire year. Then that leads since that one worked out nicely, then it led to me producing a second healthcare podcast. And then for me meeting all these guests in the healthcare space, I'm like, I know who the good guests are. So then I start having some of them on my show. It just right. all stacks up on each other. It does. It's that, uh, you've got that habit for excellence. So that's what I'm going to call that. Yeah. Yes. You connect entrepreneurs and help them get the word out, but you also are excellent yourself. And that gets extra points right there. So I love that we've covered the, the megawatts production, so many cool stories. And I bet there's even more. Can you tell me one more cool story related one to megawatts more. productions? Give me mm, one more. Let me see. Oh, think okay. Wait, I just you... thought of a good one. Okay. So you're done thinking about it. I'm done thinking. Yes. Thank you. I definitely needed a little filler music there. Cause it okay. took me a second. Yeah. <laughs> I did not have any caffeine past. Let's see five o'clock. I mean, it is late. <laughs> okay. So there was a guy who I went, I actually met him through putting on those financial services events. Remember when I was telling you, I worked in the financial oh, yeah. space and I put on those lunch and learns. So he was a financial advisor and he attended one of these events. There was like 50 to 75 people there. And he was like really impressed with this event that I went and put together. And he was actually going to go to another event where like financial advisors are trained to like market themselves. And he's like, I'm kind of shy. He's like, but you know, from what you just put together, would you like to go with me? I'll totally sponsor your ticket. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. And totally right up my alley. So he right. paid, like, it was like a $2,500 ticket for me to like go with him. And I, as a thank you, did like a little behind the scenes of attending this cool function with him where I like videoed it, took notes, took pictures, saw him like put together his little reel 
and people love behind the scenes footage. Like yes. that honestly gets more views and more engagement than the actual beautiful branded video that he got from the event. Right. So I put that up as a thank you. Like, Hey, he took me to this cool thing and here's the making of. Right. And he was like, Whoa. And that like continued our relationship. So it went from me putting on an event, meeting him there, going to an event with him. Then when I do this healthcare podcast, the host wants to interview this guy. I'm like, perfect. I already know him. And I like know his story from going to this thing with him. Right. So he's one of these guys that gets a little frozen. when the lights and cameras and everything turns on, but I was like, okay, let me sit in the host chair for a minute. Like, I know you, I know your story. Right. So I like helped him get comfortable. I'm cool with the camera guy. He was like, cool with giving the guy some space. Right. We get him to do a pretty good segment. Like I feel good about it. Then he's like sponsoring this upcoming nonprofit event in town. And on a Wednesday, he calls me. He's like, I'm out of town till Friday. I need something put together by Tuesday. He's like, can you do it? He didn't even ask me my price. I was like, yes, I can do it. Yes, I know your story. I got the cameraman. Tell me when and where to be there. So we like filmed it on a Friday, had it together by a Tuesday. And like, just look at all the events that led up to me making him something amazing with Megawatts Productions. There was nothing that could make me feel more proud of like, that was like a three-year relationship to make a minute and a half video, the most amazing video that like, I felt like he had ever produced. And you just trusted it. You said yes. And I think that's super powerful. And, and that's a good segue too. I want to just, uh, pick your mind. I didn't get to listen to the full show, but you had Mr. Trust himself, Stephen Covey as one of your podcast guests. Yeah. I told you I've been binging your show. That's so sweet of you. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I'll make sure to give some comments and likes, because I know, I know how to get the algorithm to to wake up and get juiced. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, that definitely helps. If you listen, you can, me and my daddy would love to hear your thoughts, any feedback. I mean, God, you know, podcasters love feedback, right? We love, well, we say people send us a message. We are not playing. Like when you don't send us a message, that's the sound effect that you get. So guests, People, even casual listeners, if you found this podcast by accident, we still love to hear your feedback because it helps us improve the show, which is what we're all about. We're making things easier, better, and faster. That's the theme of the show. And Rena, you're definitely making, I think, networking and showing the power of people and relationships as a very positive way and a happy way to be out there in the world. And so I love your message. I love what you're doing. Thank and you. I want to hear a little bit more about uh, Better Call Daddy, your podcast. So can what did uh, what was your dad's reaction to Mr. Covey on your show? Or we just call him Steven now. Yeah, he, he loves that subject of trust. I mean, he worked with his dad for 40 plus years and they used to do business all on trust, all over the phone. They knew everybody in the industry, everybody in the lighting manufacturing industry, it's all about trust. It was all about relationships. It was uh, a lot of family run businesses for, you know, it still is in the manufacturing industry, but you know, it, it is about relationships. It is about trust. That is something that is one of his core values. So, and he knows I read the entire book, like every single page and like very much prepared for that interview. So he was very like tuned into that one. Yeah. What was your, what do you remember your dad saying about, uh, Steven? So I think that he really related it to his dad. I think it reminded him of his dad. And actually my dad is the one that gave me the lead in question for Ooh. that interview. Oh, here we go. Some behind the scenes. Yeah. Better call daddy. What was that question? So I told my dad that, you know, Steven, took over an empire and that he comes from a long line of cubbies. It's like five or six generations of cubbies. And like, how can I say that in a positive way? Like, you know, did you feel like you were living, there was like pressure to live up to your dad's name, you know? And, and my dad thought that that was like a really good leading question. Like, what is it like to follow in the footsteps of somebody really successful? Like, how do you feel like you're your own person. What has that path looked like? Because I think a lot of sons of successful people feel that way. Like they want to make their parents proud and there's a lot of pressure around that and how, 
you know, how do you be respectful of your parent and, but at the same time, live your own dream. Right. So I feel like he was a really good example of that story. Oh my God. That's like, that's like hitting me on, on the heart space. Uh, it's a, it's a topic that, uh, my son and I have talked about and my father and I have definitely talked about. I think it's something that a lot of children with uh, prominent parents go through. Exactly. And think about like, and, and then where I go in Chicago with my dad, we can't go anywhere without him getting recognized. I have the famous dad in his space. He's well-known uh, member of the community and it's hilarious. Like uh, I remember when I was dating my wife and she was just like, is it like this everywhere you go? I'm like, yeah, it's ev- everywhere. This is my, my whole life has been this way. So that, I think that's really cool to hear Stephen and his father had the same thing and it resonated with your dad as well. Yes. And you're, you're just so cool. Like you come on your show and you call better call daddy show, like, and you say right out the gate. So people don't question <laughs> like you and your dad have a good relationship and it's so honest and refreshing. I think that's worth talking about too. Like what is, I mean, what do your friends or anyone else look at your relationship that you have with your dad? And like, you guys are working together on a podcast. How does, what is that talked about or What's interesting there from your perspective? You know, it's funny. My closest friends, like they know we have that. Like they, you know, my dad was the cool guy. Like my dad was the one that was like picking us up at midnight. You know what I mean? So like my, (laughs) yeah, like my friends know that my, my dad's cool. You know, like I did have the cool dad that like, they weren't so much embarrassed of, you know, like, um, so they're like kind of not surprised by it. So that, like that my makes closest sense that, friends. Yeah. Especially you, you've done so much work. That's like incredibly creative. Like a lot of the people that I've talked to on my show have been engineers and are very, you know, it, the world is black and white and you're like an artist. I mean, even your background right now for people just listening to the show, take a look at the show art, the better call daddy background images and color is very artistic. It's almost like comic book style. You know that that you have, and I and you do Thank have some you. good logos on your website too, uh, some good like animated versions of yourself, which I think are clutch. A friend of mine, actually, she is another mompreneur, and she got laid off during the pandemic. She was like an in-house um, illustrator at Red Bull, and so I wanted to support her. And yeah, she had been wanting to do like podcast art. I was like, oh my god, I would love you to do mine. And so that is actually the first podcast art that she's designed. And another, this is another cool yeah. mompreneur story. So I oh. used her to help illustrate my daughter's book. My daughter wrote a kid's book during the pandemic. Um, I got my two middle children reading and writing tutors during the pandemic. Cause I was like, oh my God, when I had four kids at home, I was like, at least if they can like focus on reading and writing, I'm good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> So I paid for reading and writing tutor because they were like, you know, um, eight and 10. Yeah, I just, I wanted them to stay on top of that. So I paid for a reading and writing tutor for like six months. And my daughter, so the reading and writing tutor was an author. And she was like, would you ever want to write a book? And so my daughter really took to it. And so she ended up writing a book. And then I hired uh, that illustrator to make the cover of her book too, which is really cool. And then my daughter illustrated with her own illustrations, the rest of it. So it's kind of fun. It's like a mix of like a professional cover that gets your attention because it's like really beautiful. <laughs> and then the inside is also very cool because it's like kid art, you yes. know, which is, you can't replicate that. It's so personal and creative. And I think uh, for people listening to the show, you want to find that book by Miss Watts, Celia Watts, right? It's go yes. to- bettercalldaddy.com and we'll put a link in the show notes below and I'm looking at that book and it has like the most happiest dolphin I've ever seen like even I it caught my attention Rena so tell tell your friend what's your friend's name that did the illustration um oh my gosh Shari Perry so it's P-E-R-E and her first name is spelled C-H-A-R-I Shari good job yeah, she's points super for Shari. Yeah, yes. and she she captured your smile like on the top of your page when you when you smile and you're just everyday conversation. She got you. I mean, that is exactly that's how you look. And I'm imagining that your dad's probably the same way. I can see from the the picture I've got the video and your site up, the picture you have of your dad behind you does exactly look like that. So Shari got you guys. Two points for Shari. That's yes, awesome. Yes. Yes. So, now, I want, 
I want to ask you, I want to sh- uh, switch gears because you've got so much coming out of Urena. And I think that for a lot of people with the pandemic, I mean, your story is just, it's example after example after example of making things happen and having that entrepreneur mind, mindset, which so many people in the lean space and the continuous improvement space, we talk about that spirit of continuous improvement and entrepreneurship in particular, even if you work for a big corporation or a nonprofit or an education, whatever it is, those types of principles are critical. I want to just tap into your your wisdom, especially we'll tap into your mompreneur. Mom, <laughs> mompreneur or mompreneur, both of those, yeah. Mompreneur, I like mompreneur, it's easier for me to say. Yeah, totally. Let's tap into your mompreneur. What advice would you give somebody that's in a job that they don't like? And just coincidentally, you've had that podcast where you're like, leave your day job. What advice would you give to people that are in a job that they're not getting fulfillment from? Yeah, I would say start networking with people on LinkedIn, listening to podcasts of things that like really interest you and a little at a time, like really adds up. So that's what James Altucher says, like the 1%, it compoundingly grows. So like read 10 pages a day, then 20 pages a day, listen to podcasts and areas of expertise, you know, like there's just so much great information available online. Like actually when I listened to your show, I was like, I don't know that much about lean improvement, but I listen to things that I want to learn about that I don't know about, you know, like if I'm having a day where I'm like, can't parent and I'm feeling bad about parenting, I'll literally go on Castbox and I'm like, Oh, why do I hate my kid or, um, positive <laughs> parenting or, you know, like yeah. ways to improve yourself when you're like super frustrated as a mother, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like find experts in areas that you're looking to improve upon and grow that way. Like I constantly do that. Like I, I was talking to somebody who wanted to start a podcast on RTT. It's like regressive transformative therapy or something. I could like, it's something like that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't know anything about that. So I went to Castbox. I typed in RTT and therapy and I'm like, who's talking about that? What subjects are like, you know, alongside that, who are the experts in that area? Who should she network or, or have on her show that can give her more information than she has. So I found somebody that was like, had a top 2% podcast on RTT therapy. I was like, do you know this person? She was like, oh yeah, I took a course with her. I was like, would she come as a guest on your show? She should be your guest number one because she's the expert. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. Talk to those experts, get connected. People, Rena is telling you, reach out people. If they're still alive, Yes. they will connect with you. All you got to do is say something interesting. Don't be a creeper, you know, be polite, be kind, be authentic. Right, Rena? That's, that sounds like that's how you're doing it every single time. Yeah. I was just like, look, tell her you want to start a podcast around RTT, that it's changed your life, that you were divorced. And this like helped you through that and tell her kind of some of the guests that you have in mind and that you love her work. I mean, who wouldn't be flattered by that? Okay. Maybe she doesn't want to be your guest number one, but like tell her you're going to interview 10 people and then you'll come back to her and like, can you get her on the calendar? Yes. Yes. And, and she did. I'm assuming the story has a happy ending, right? I mean, she's going to put together a podcast on, on that subject matter. And then I was even trying to say like, have you had people that have come to you and you know, what are their stories? Have they come to you with unique situations? Like what are some of the situations that they're trying to go back in their regressive therapy to fix? And she was like, well, you know, one chick is like, obsessed with numbers. I'm like, okay, that's really interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like coming up with creative titles, coming up with creative situations. Yeah. Possibilities are limitless people. There is no excuse other than you enjoy the suffering. If you're just going to stay in a a rut, get out of the rut. It's laughing. I don't know about you, Rena, but I love to laugh and I love to smile. Me too. And I I love sound effect boards. I mean, hello. Where do I get that thing? I I need to, I'm going to Google that after. You know, there's a guy that I just had on my show. I haven't aired it yet, but I'm going to connect you. He has like, he's got a sound effect board. So you guys could have some like sound effect, like showdowns. Yes. Yes. We can duel. I've got all kinds of stuff and I'll, I even got one for you. And when we end the show, I'm going to play a special song for you to see how long have you been in Chicago? 
So oh. this is my second stint here. Um, this stint, I've been here for about 10 years. And when I moved here straight out of college and worked on Springer, I was here for about three years. Okay, perfect. So the, yeah, you'll recognize and appreciate the song. I can't play it now because if this goes on YouTube, I'll get uh, copyright Smackdown. But uh, yeah, people, if you wanted to know what song I play for Rena after the show, send me a message on social media and I'll tell you. <laughs> Have you gotten copyright Smackdown? Did you learn no, that lesson? I'm, I'm copyright free. I've been a good boy on YouTube so far. Nice. Knock, knock on wood. I try to, I try to follow the rules and use the system to my advantage, Rena. That's what, I, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, but we've got, uh, definitely have applause for you, but you're not done yet. But wait, but wait, there's more. There's more. It would be like, if, we, if I had like a sponsor in the middle of the show, it'd be like, no, coming back to the show, Rita Friedman wants, and I can't even get, I can't even get it out because I'm just having such a good time laughing. I'm going to steal from you and get, I'm going to start saying yes, even more than I do now, because yes. it seems like it just leads to so many good things. Like It really yes. does. It really, it really and truly does. I have entertained some very crazy things. Like the Gary Vee thing was crazy. Like I was pregnant. I had never been to Toronto. I had never booked sponsorships before. I had no script on how to do it, but I wanted to be a part of that event. I wanted to go there. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm doing that. You know, it's the same thing with Springer. I was like, I started there as an intern. I listened to who was loudest on the phone, who was getting the best guests to come. And I started emulating them. Like I literally wanted to be them. I became them. I was like, I am going to be in that seat. I'm going to be in that office. I was sleeping on some guy's couch that I met off of Craigslist. Like I literally moved to Chicago with like 200 bucks and I didn't even realize the neighborhood I was sleeping in. And then after I went from intern to associate producer in like a couple of months, I moved to the gold coast. I went from like Caprini green to like the gold coast. I mean, if you're not from Chicago, it's like two trains away and like smoke coming out of the gutters. It looks like a horror movie to like living the high life. Yeah, it's like post-apocalyptic <laughs> and then like a brand new civilization. And they're only literally two train stops apart. I mean, actually, well, now Chicago you've got the is printers it up. Now. It's yeah. like actually prime real estate now. I'm like, dude, what happened? Yeah. Chicago has been built up so much over the last decade. Like I moved back here and, you know, I hadn't been here in like 10 years. And so Trump Tower was built. I, I couldn't even find NBC Tower. It was like completely blocked. I'm like, <laughs> <Obscured>. where? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does look different. And we came to California. We went the opposite of you. Like we left Chicago to come to California or you went from California to Chicago and we go back every winter to enjoy. I was in Chicago. I mean, I was in California in, in, uh, 2000, in 2008, 2009. What part yeah. of California? Are I was in, in Mission Viejo down, down in SoCal. Okay. Yeah. Now, I was in the now North of Sacramento. Yeah. You're now I'm closer to where you used to be. Interesting. Yeah. I was just in Palo Alto yesterday or San Jose on Wednesday oh, for an event I was there. speaking. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. Uh, we, we lived walking distance from Stanford. You know the dish? No, I don't know the dish. Oh, it's like the best hike. Like if you hike to the top, you can see like all of the bay. It's so beautiful. Yes, I got to put that on my list. Things yeah. to do. But it's I, in it's that like, happiness video. I was going to get it in there. Well, we went back to, it wasn't until... Uh, like two years, right before the pandemic. So one year before the pandemic, we did the boat tour in Chicago, my wife oh, cool. and my son. And we finally got to take in the architecture tour. And I've been working in construction industry for like, and by that point, 20 years. And it's finally like pressure from all these people. Like you grew up there. You never, I was like, well, you grow up and you're just like, you're just trying to get to where you're trying to get to. You don't take it in the same way, but I think it's really cool. So I have a boat tour kind of story. Oh, let's go. When I was an intern and I was just starting off at the Jerry Springer show, they give you like petty cash to take the guests out and entertain them. That was like my primary job was like to keep them happy before the shoot day the next day. So I'm like new to Chicago and I'm learning the city right alongside them. And I decided to take the petty cash and take the Springer guests on the boats around the lake. I had no cell phone at the time. This was like pre me having a cell phone. I had a beeper and all of a sudden... <laughs> I'm getting paged back to the office and I'm like in the middle of the lake. I'm like, I'm dead. I'm so getting fired. <laughs> well, there's I get no back pay like, phone to call back on from the boat. Hours later, they're like, you know, they're like, yeah, yeah it was, 
I didn't get fired. You know, it was kind of funny later, but I was definitely scared. I like, you know, took everybody for the show that was supposed to happen the next day. And we were off to the races, you know, just having fun all around Lake Michigan. I didn't take any more guests after that on Lake Michigan. That was my only tour of the lake. Oh, but you did it and you you got it out of your system. I did. And I did the double decker bus once with this one guest and she had like a weave and some of her braids got caught in a tree. That was a bad moment too. Yeah. That reminds me of like when the Chicago Cubs won the world series and uh, Rossi like put his hand up or he got his nose like caught on a, on a power line or something on a double decker bus. So people, if you're on those buses in any city, be Be careful. careful. Yes. Be careful. Oh, I had some good times. Some of the craziest things were though, like, you know, we separated the stories. So like half of the story would stay at one hotel and half would stay at another hotel. And sometimes when we took them to house of blues or we took them to a diner, like half of one story would talk to half of another story. And then people would find out where the other stories were staying. And it was just crazy all night long when that happened. (laughs) People were getting kicked out of hotels and the Jerry Springer show was happening in the street. And then I had to talk people into doing the show the next day. Yeah. And a lot of responsibility and and, uh, young interns arm shoulders. It's true. It's true. But you learn a lot. You learn a lot. That is how you learn. (laughs) That is how you learn. That's also how you keep families together. (laughs) It's like we're all going to be happy for just one more day until after the show's over They'll have security guards to keep everybody safe so nobody gets assaulted too badly that you're gonna need medical attention after the show. I mean for those just gonna tuck you into the limo and yeah. yeah. (laughs) For people that never get it don't know what Jerry Springer is, just check that out on YouTube. There'll be some clips that you can refresh yourself or just know what Rena and I are talking about. (laughs) See what type of action packed drama show it was that delivered so consistently. Just like this podcast, we deliver, we definitely, uh, we didn't call daddies in live, but daddies will be called after this. So this is an awesome show. And Rena, it's been great having you on the show. I always love to give my guests the last word, where to find you, where to connect with you. What do we need to know? Ooh, bettercalldaddy.com. And yeah, you should check it out. This season, we're having more daddy drama, more inspirational fathers. We've got sperm donor daddies. We've got, you know, daddies who weren't around. It's a big mix. And I interview, like you said, YouTubers and reality stars. And then my daddy weighs in with his wit and wisdom at the end of every episode. Very special thanks to my guest. I'm Felipe Engineer Manriquez. The EBFC show is created by Felipe and produced by a passion to build easier and better. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Let's go build.